Hey, what's going on out there, guys? This is DJ, your town treasurer. How are you? Hey, it's Deb Mortsweet, your deputy treasurer. And this is our podcast. We are doing Before the Checks Are Signed today. It's uh, Wednesday, August 11th. We are here in Lineborough at the Lineborough Central School. Uh, We're really excited today because we have yet another guest for Before the Checks Are Signed, the new superintendent, Mr. Peter Weaver. How are you today, sir? Just fine. You just put a lot of pressure on me here. (laughs) We Just like in in past, we've spent a lot of time together this morning already just discussing over his desk, talking about what we would talk about. And we've actually already missed out on a lot of opportunity to record some great stuff. So I'm hoping that we can recover it again and uh, just, you know, jump right back in. So I guess like, like I warned you when we got to this point, this is your opportunity. I want you to just go ahead and say whatever's on your mind, introduce yourself, uh, and tell us what you think we should know about you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess I could spend our podcast time talking about myself, but I kind of want to like uh, circle back to what we were just talking about because we had a pretty good energized conversation about kids. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we should be about, whether it's a school system or a community or a local business or the deputy treasurer. At the end of the day, this is our future, right? Wilton and Lineborough. Mm -hmm. And the reason why being a a teacher, being a building principal, being a superintendent is so awesome is because it's about kids. You know, not only does it keep us young and keeps us connected to our own kids in terms of what Mm -hmm. kind of music they're listening to, Mm -hmm. what they're up to on their phones, but it just keeps us connected to the the youth, like that energy. And it if it doesn't energize us, if it doesn't motivate us to be better and to be a better version of ourselves, I, I think we're in the wrong business, right? And so this is a really rewarding opportunity to be a superintendent because we talk about making an impact on kids. So in the, at the classroom level, you know, we might have 20 kids. And then I used to coach football and basketball. So I would have another 15, 20 kids, 30 kids that I felt like I could have a direct impact on, a positive impact. And then, you know, as a assistant principal, building principal, you know, if you're in a building of 1,600 kids, you feel like you have more of an impact. Even though you're one step away, we still are impacting kids and helping them to be better and to be like more optimal versions of themselves. Then as a superintendent, you're another step further away. And in large districts, you're really too far away from kids. Mm-hmm. You're, you're having like this, this aggregate impact, but you're not really seeing like the connection with kids that energizes us, like those relationships. The best part about Wilton and Lineborough is this is like a high school. I look at it as LCS, Frez, and um, WLC as like one ginormous school, mm-hmm. but it's not even that big. Yeah. I used to have you know a freshman class that's the size of WLC, mm-hmm. a graduating <laughs> class that was the size of WLC. And I always said to myself, man, it'd be great to be in a school where I could actually learn the name of every student, oh. right? And I got that tough, that got really tough with the masks on. In fact, I had a tough time recognizing teachers sometimes with the masks. Mm. But, um, but this is a community where, as an educational leader, we can really connect with kids pers- at, the, at a personal level. We can really connect with teachers. We can connect with community members and parents. Um, and this is an opportunity that we can't like, allow to pass. And people come to small districts, rural districts, for a lot of reasons. But this is one of the most important reasons, because that's what drives us, those relationships. And at the end of the day, and I try to tell teachers this, and parents too, is... You know, when our kids look back on our parenting and, you know, when they when we look back on on our experience as students and we ask, like, what do you remember, man, like from high school? You know, like that was like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. 
And, you know, kids don't really talk about Algebra 1, and they don't necessarily talk about the sports that they played or the woodworking class where they almost cut their finger off. They actually talk about how teachers made them feel and those relationships that they had. Like, who was your favorite teacher? For some reason, they remember that name, you know? Um, who was your worst teacher? Why? But when we talk about their school experience, they actually talk about how they felt when they went to school. Like, did they feel like they belonged? Did they feel connected? Did, you know, did, um, did, did the teachers bring out the best in them? Did the teachers work with them when they struggled? Did they call their parents and gave them good news? So when everyone's doing that and headed in the same direction, I, I think sky's the limit. And this is the place to do it. I'm telling you, like schools like districts like Manchester, it's almost impossible. It, it really is. It's really hard to be a district leader and try to have that impact at that micro level. Like just before we started recording, we were talking about scholarships, like actually building a partnership with a local business that's integral to the community. How do we create excitement and generate a scholarship for kids. And I think, you know, those kinds of conversations are hard to have at this level. So, so I'm going to tell you Ooh, something. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Oh, no, <laughs> see, it was see great. what you gave. It was like, great. It was great. Here we go. It was great. So, so I actually received a scholarship for back in 1975. I graduated from Cedar Falls High School. I had 550 in my graduation class. So it was a large class, like, like what you were talking about. I received, there was something called junior achievement back then, and it was businesses getting involved. At that time, it was high school kids. And so I was in not only a large school system, but there were four large school systems around us. So all of these high schools were involved in this junior achievement. And I received a $500 scholarship back in 1975. And I actually looked at that, and that would be a scholarship for $2,500 today, you know, moving moving forward and seeing what that value would be worth. So that is something that um, I'm very passionate about getting involved. And even though I went to nursing school, I didn't go to business school, I have always been passionate about fundraising and event planning and coming up with ideas in town. So I see value in that because I see kids working for that together and seeing how the community wants to invest in them. And I think it's exciting for this new year, this new administration, lots of new role models for our kids. That's why I wanted to come here today and have Mr. Weaver explain to him his passions. And we've heard a lot of his passions already before we started recording. And we're going to get to him. We're okay. going to get to him. Yeah. One thing that you said that stuck <laughs> out to me was that you, you, you want to be able to learn every kid's name. And that's really hard to do in bigger settings. Do you think... At, in all your years of experience in in the in a role of education, do you think that that's the problem with with just public education? Is that it's too big? They try to jam too much into a small space with limited resources. Like, is that what it is? Yeah, I think the sheer size is part of the problem. But I think the idea of how we engage kids, we kind of lose focus. And I'll give you an example. Like, like we spend a lot of time on curriculum. We spend a lot of time on systems. We spend a lot of time on budgeting. And then at some point we say to ourselves, like, we haven't even talked about kids. Mm. 
like at school board meetings, you know, one of the goals that the school board members have, and I and I agree with them, and so do the administrators, is we want to celebrate what kids are doing and what they're learning, the programs that we're excited about, the teachers that are just killing it in the classroom. We want to celebrate that on a regular basis, not on as, oh, by the way, this happened, let's mm-hmm. celebrate them. It's something that is a goal. And I think what we what we end up messing up sometimes in education is we get so focused on this white, this noise, like all this other stuff. And we forget that the best educators and the best education boils down to that relationship with the teacher and with the kid. Like mm-hmm. that moment, that quality of relationship is what makes or breaks whether or not a kid's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. They're going to graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. They'll go on to, you know, the music industry, be a DJ, who knows, right? Yeah. Like the sky's <laughs> the limit, be a nurse, be a superintendent. But the experience, you know, if we can just push it to the positive side, mm-hmm. just 1%, what difference would that make in their trajectory? Mm-hmm. So I think we have to get back to the focus of kids. Whether we're talking about budgets, whether we're talking about curriculum, it's how does it impact kids? Because that's the business that we're in. Yeah. When we talked about you know scholarship ideas and fundraising, that's just like a manifestation of the bigger issue, which is like good quality partnerships and relationships with mm-hmm. the community, with parents, with the school board, with businesses, right? And it's the same thing at the classroom level. At the end of the day, it's about the partnership with kids, oh, adults yeah. and kids. And so... You can't have a partnership when it's just an afterthought. You can't have a great business when, you know, um, being prompt to work and being ready to work, like when you clock in, is just an afterthought. Oh, yeah, just come in, man. I just, you know, come in five minutes late. It's cool. We're good. Like, no, that's like, this is how we do things. And that's important in this world that we're in. So we make kids important. And every decision we make, we should be asking ourselves, like, how does that make sense for kids? Like, our conversation with the podcast was really neat because... It worked its way around to kids. Like, yeah. how do we yeah. get kids doing podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. How do we use the technology we have at the school to yeah. do podcasts? How do we um, communicate how, to how the How do we community? get Mr. Weaver from stopping to hit the microphone, DJ? Yeah. You know, there are some topics that we just get rolling on and yeah. because it's like, it's like the fire in the belly. You know, and I think right now for the two of you, when you're in this podcast world, you're excited, like the fire's in your belly and you're just excited to communicate out to the, to the people that are listening and you just want to generate ideas and, and this energy. And I think the real reason that we really got into it was just, you know, making it approachable. Like everything that happens, like I got to be honest with you, this is my first conversation with a superintendent of a school ever in my life. If I had had a discussion with you when I was in high school, I mean, you would have you would have been the guy I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're tall, you're handsome, you're fit, you know, you're well spoken, you're approachable, and you have great ideas, and you and you can tell that you're speaking, you know, with a fire in your belly, and you can tell that you really do care. Like what you're saying is not like, oh, people are listening, I better say this. Like this is really what you think, and I appreciate that. So you know, continue, please yeah, don't yeah, let me stop you. Yeah, we had parents you. last night. It was really nice. You know, there were some topics last night that. You know, some people could say it was controversial, right? And, you know, things like that critical race theory that nobody really understands, including myself. And I was honest about that last night at the board meeting. Don't ask me, right? Like, there's so many ways to interpret it. Like, who knows what's right and wrong anymore? Um, The back-to-school plan is always um, emotional and passionate because we take strong positions on things that impact our kids, right, and Mm -hmm. our families. Mm -hmm. But, But the best part about last night wasn't the topics. It was the community turning out. And, you know, we communicate ideas on both sides of an issue. There's 
there isn't necessarily a right or wrong in these things because it's not, if it was so clear cut, we would have already made the decision. It's not mandated. Yeah, we would have already made the yeah. decision and everyone would have made the same decision and mm-hmm. we wouldn't even be talking about mm-hmm. it, right? So it's not that easy, but it's what's important is the process and the idea that, you know, families and parents and even kids that were there last night, there were a couple of students, I think. I know there was definitely one. But it's good to see them out and talking about their perspective and their mm-hmm. viewpoints. And that's what I mean about a partnership. Sometimes we don't hear from the parents until after the fact. And I think the more we get parents involved in, in decision-making, in providing input up front, the better that decision comes out at the end, whether it's the decision that they wanted to hear or not. At least they had like a voice in it. You know, when it comes to kids, we can't do great things with kids if the people that are impacting kids aren't involved in the conversation. Yeah. Like the parents, for example, or businesses. Yeah. You know, we want kids working in the community. We mm-hmm. want to grow things like internships and apprenticeships. They're called extended learning opportunities where kids learn earn graduation credit, where they actually can leave school during the day. They have a, a curriculum that's developed with the place that they're working in the business, and they actually earn school credit towards graduation. And not only that, but it's a win-win because the businesses get kids that are excited about working there and learning the business. Um, it's an internship, apprenticeship. And then who knows, maybe they stay in the field. Maybe they actually get hired on as an employee, a part-time employee. Um, and everyone wins. And it makes sense in education. That kid mm-hmm. can still go to college, can still join the army, whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense in terms of learning. But that doesn't happen when we don't have a partnership with the community and the businesses. It just doesn't. So speaking of partnerships, we did get into one when we were talking before. And so apparently you have a lot of experience in pizza business. And wouldn't you know that the guy sitting in front of you, the one talking right now, owns a local pizza restaurant. So it kind of hits that those corners that we were talking about, about in the community, invested in outcomes, something that can grow into the future, that can benefit the kids, that can benefit the community. So we threw around an idea, and I mean, this might sound crazy, but to have you come down and work at my pizza restaurant, would you be into that? I'm, I'm all in. I've, I've made cheesesteaks in three different states, and I was actually pretty good at it. Um, I used to burn French fries, but you know, like we won't go there, right? I was really young and, and impressionable. No, I I used to work um, I used to work in in pizza shops and pizza restaurants for years all through college. Um, even I think in my senior year, it's so far, long ago, but definitely all through college. And then even as a teacher, when I first started teaching, I taught I I worked at New England Pizza in Rochester, and you know it was tough because I had a full time job. But man, I totally loved it. It was great. The best part was you know after like closing the shop down at one in the morning and just thinking about like how many pizzas we made and how many cheesesteaks we made and just sitting down and taking a breath and whew, like, you know, like what a great day today. Like yeah. it was just, it was just fun to work and fun to talk to the customers and, you know, and the idea that you can like multitask, like talk about skill sets, yeah. right? Yeah. Holy cow. Like making like eight things all at once and trying to coordinate it with the guy that's got the pizza in the oven. So yeah. the hot sandwich doesn't get soggy sitting on the, on a warmer and, you know, making sure the, the deliveries go correctly and we don't forget something because now it's a double trip and like all of these decisions all at once, right? But also being personable to the customers, being responsive and being nice and paying attention to the people that are coming in. There's so many things that I learned in that business that's actually helped me 
to build relationships with with all kinds of people, mm-hmm. right? The people mm-hmm. that are I connect with instantly, and the people that I'm like, oh goodness gracious, like I, I don't know if I'm gonna build a like a real connection here. Mm-hmm. But you find a way to make it work, and also things like like the working under pressure mm. and multitasking, but also things like working on as a team mm-hmm. and then taking pride in your work. Like, you know, if you're going to cut tomatoes and he tells you to cut it a quarter inch, cut it a quarter inch. It doesn't mean a half inch. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean like mash it with your fingers, mm-hmm. you know, like taking pride in the work that you're doing. And mm-hmm. when you make a sandwich, you don't just throw it together just because you're under pressure because that customer expects a quality sub, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they want what they're paying for. Well, and so, the owner, the, owner wants it to look like the other one that went out you know there's an consistency and there's an expectation there and an accountability and those skill sets and those um the mindsets that you learn the soft skills the hard skills you can take that in any business you can be a ceo an executive of you know fortune 100 company to a part-time worker at you know cumberland farms but that skill set can take you anywhere you want yeah you know and I explain that to people. I'm like, you don't have to, you don't have to own a business. You don't have to be the manager, the director, anything, to learn the skills and knowledge that you need to be successful. You just have to have the drive behind that, and you need to understand that those skills you can learn. Like, pay attention to DJ if he's your boss at Wilton House of Pizza. If he tells you something, don't question it because yeah. he understands. Not only does it help his business, but it helps you become a better worker, a better teammate, a better person in the long run, you know? And it's good stuff, man. Like This is the start of something new right here. It's really good <laughs> stuff. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about, well, about this idea. And you, and you heard it here first. I think that in the future, we're definitely going to put together some kind of fundraiser. We threw out, out yeah. an idea about a scholarship, something to that effect, where when you can come down and, and, and work a couple hours at the pizza place, some of the proceeds will go towards benefiting your students. So I I'm really into that. I think that would be so much fun. Now, I think we should do it on a regular basis because I'm sure I can you know, walk away with a mistake, like a, a nice, say- nice co- chicken kebab sandwich that I screwed up, I, but i got to take it home now, right? Yeah, darn. Yeah, so I, I also learned the tricks of the trade, yeah. too, by the way. You know, made those two extra pizzas at yeah. closing that yeah. I can't sell anymore, right? But, I mean, I, I already said to you guys when we were chatting before that, you know, working in the hospitality and food service business is a great pre requisite for everybody to have. And those of you that are listening right now, uh, Mr. Weaver here in front of us, he he has those experiences and those are great characteristics and traits to have in a position that you're in now, yeah. kind of translating that to young kids that whose minds, they're never going to get that, you know, from, from their parents who may have always worked in retail or always worked in construction. Yeah. So you can deliver those types of lessons. So that's, yeah. that's great for perspective for the kids. I had an interesting um, side conversation last night towards the end of the school board meeting. And we were talking about some of the schools where we tuition kids to to the technical Mm -hmm. programs, like the regional technology schools, Mm -hmm. like in Milford and Messinic. And one of the community members that was there um, listening and and speaking took me aside and he said said that he had attended uh, the Messinic program for automotive. And I'm familiar with that program because it's it's regionally recognized and maybe even nationally recognized. It's just this high-quality program for kids. And it started with an idea where, like he said, where there was an interest in the in students, an interest in the community, and they found a way to make it work and build it. And Messinic isn't much bigger than we are, I don't think. And, and they found a way to take an idea, run with it, and create something that actually has had an impact on the community, a positive impact. 
And I think to myself, you know, we don't spend enough time telling kids that those types of jobs, those types of careers, those types of learning experiences as a teenager are exactly what you need to become a good father or a good mother or a good person in a relationship, to be a good role model, to participate in your community. Like all those skills that you learn, like in in the pizza shop, is exactly what you need to prepare yourself for the rest of your life. To be a good citizen. To be a sure. great citizen, actually. And we forget that because it just becomes a job, a part-time job. Right. And we forget to talk about the skills behind all of that. And when you take a step back and you say, wow, I didn't even realize there were these 50 skills that you know, these Fortune 500 companies have identified, like 10 of them as the top 10 skills they look for in, in recruits when they're hiring. Mm-hmm. And our kids, are, our, our part-time workers are actually learning that here. You know, and when we get to that conversation, these jobs that sometimes kids don't want to do because, oh, you know, like my son is a part-time custodian at WLC. And I had this same conversation with him. His name is Cade, right, who's the podcast freak. And he, we're going to listen to this one together probably as soon as it goes up, right? But I told him this. I said, you know, we had this part-time opening. We don't really have any kids interested in it. Do you want to do it? It's about 10, 12 hours a week, but you're going to be a, a custodian. And I said, you know, what, he said, what's that job like? And I go, you know, he wants to do something else, like work at a golf course or whatever, right? Like, I don't know what he's thinking he's going to learn from that. And I said, this is what you're going to learn to do. Like, you're going to learn to do a job. You're going to learn how to start it and how to finish it. And you're going to see the work that you did, right? And if you didn't do so well, then you can improve it. You're going to get to work on your own, like be independent. But then you got to work on a team, too, and work with others. And you, you know, you got to use your brain. Like, this isn't like a mindless position. And I explained to him that before I was a teacher, I was a custodian. And people don't realize that, oh, wow, the superintendent or the building principal was actually a custodian, as if being a custodian was a job that you wouldn't want, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I actually loved being the custodian of Marshalls in Portsmouth. Like, I, I loved that job. I just, at that time, couldn't support a family on what I was getting paid. And mm-hmm. it was a part-time job. And I had some other opportunities that I could easily access. But that was one of my favorite experiences of all time because I could I could learn a skill and then I could implement it and then I, I was expected to work. I was held accountable. Like I hold, held myself accountable. But I could see the work that I did, just like the cheesesteak that I made. I can see the quality of it. And they gave me good feedback. They appreciated the work that I did. Like when I did a good job, they told me, which is something we don't do too often anymore. We just take it for granted, right? And those little skills that I learned there has actually helped me to be a better educator. It humbled me to be a better educator. And I explain that to people, that there's nothing wrong with those entry-level positions. Like, you'll be amazed where that can take you. So we've got to have this conversation more with the community. We've got to have it more with our kids. Like, we've got great kids here. Like, I don't know if you realize, but this community is pretty amazing. We've got parents that are excited, invested. And we've got to, like, take that energy and we've got to harness it. And we've got to get it, like, headed in the right direction, all of us in the same place. The pandemic kind of wrecked us, I think, a little bit. It kind of created, you know, like, um, divisions. And we started focusing on things that were in our way rather than things that rather than things that we should be overcoming, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and it set people back. Like, it really questioned a lot of our assumptions and mm-hmm. our relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was difficult for businesses to continue mm-hmm. and to maintain. It broke some families. And it created this social-emotional um, experience with a lot of kids where it really set them back mm-hmm. socially, emotionally. And we really don't know yet sort of where the trauma 
is from mm -hmm. this year and a half long pandemic for our kids, you know? And, you know, hopefully that we're gonna be in a good place, right, as a community. But this is an opportunity for us to make a fresh start. We've got new administrators. We've got excited teachers. Like we've got some amazing teachers. So let's talk about let's talk about the new administration. So sure. we have a new superintendent. We have a new curriculum coordinator. Her name is Emily Stefanik. She's the real deal. Pretty smart. She's pretty motivated and passionate. She did a great job last night. Her very first school board presentation. We have a tough school board too. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're all about kids in school. But they're, you know, they're tough, right? They have mm -hmm. expectations. She did a great job. We have a new Fres principal. Um, her name is Kathleen Chenette. She's a highly experienced elementary ed teacher. But again, she's a brand new principal in our community. I just met her, actually, over the counter of the pizza restaurant. She came in. She introduced herself right away. Hi, I'm the new principal of Fres. She was a very nice lady. And I told her we were talking to you today, and she was really excited. So We have a new IT director from the private sector. His name is Jonathan Boulay, and he's he's excited. He's pumped, but he's got to learn a whole new system because mm -hmm. he came from the private sector. I think it was a hospital. But a school system works a little differently, and we're a one-to-one -one district, so there's a lot of technology stuff everywhere, um, and we got to keep those up. Sometimes kids throw those around like it's a football, right? So he's got a lot, sort of a learning curve, a really steep learning curve with IT because it's time-sensitive, too. We're starting up in, what, three weeks? So, um, so he's new. I know there's more. We have a brand new business administrator. Her name is um, Christy LaPlante, and I'd like you to interview her, get her on your podcast at some point, because she's pretty amazing. Like um, she, again, she's the real deal. She's excited about numbers, which I think is what we want in yeah. a business administrator. Yeah. I mean, she understands the municipal side because that's the side she came oh, from. So excellent. I, I'm really excited about that partnership with the community mm -hmm. um, and the, the sort of the local governing body. And I know she's excited about that, too. So she's a real bridge to open up that communication so we're not questioning each other and wondering mm -hmm. what the heck is going on. Um, but I'd like to, you to talk with her. She's got great ideas. She did a great job last night. Again, it was sort of her first time where she had to sort of present some information. We have a new high school principal, WLC, Sarah Edmonds. She was the former assistant principal. So she stepped in as our principal and... You know, you just got to watch the board meeting last night to know what she's about. We actually recognized a student um, who works part-time in the IT department this summer. You know, we recognized him, and that's the first student that we've really brought up in person to a school board meeting. And it was pretty powerful. We gave him a standing ovation. There was, you know, let's say 50 community members in there, plus the board and all the administrators, all the people online. There must have been another 40 or 50 probably. And he received a standing ovation, and I just... It just like warmed my heart, man, like because that's really what we should be mm -hmm. about as a community is mm -hmm. to recognize our students. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's sort of I'm hoping that's the first of many celebrations at the school board level. Our food services director is oh, brand good. new as well. Her name is Erin Smith. Um, I think that's about all of them. We still have Ned Pratt, our, our awesome special ed director. Yep. Um, we still have um, Buddy Herb, who's our facilities director. So it's good to have those like solid pieces in place. Um, but we're a new team. We're pretty excited. Um, and again, we're all headed in the right direction, which I think is important. 
So with all these pieces and parts in place and, and all this new, new administration, almost pretty much from the top all the way down, do you have a couple of things that you've earmarked that you think this district really needs that you want to spearhead or that you want to try to bring in? I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the future yeah. of your role in, in this district. Well, right now we're talking about um, our school goals, so our building level goals and our district goals tomorrow in, in a meeting, in a leadership meeting. But the real focus needs to be on our climate and culture in our community, in our, all of our schools. And when I say climate and culture, um, it has to drive everything else. So just like in your business, you know, you focus on the tone, right? Like when you come to work, what does it feel like? Are you excited to come to work? Do you dread it? And then when you're in there, how does that workplace make you feel? Does it make you feel comfortable, supported, safe to make a mistake? Um, challenges you to be better, to do better? Um, do you get the right training that you need? Do you, do you get the attaboys when you do a good job? Do you get recognized for those things? Um, do you have different types of opportunities that you're excited about? So when we talk about climate and culture, we talk about when a kid walks into a classroom or the school building, or we talk about the school district, what are the words that come up? You know, when we talk about what's the culture at, uh, at your business, what are the big first three words that come up in your mind? But, you know, do you hate, like, is it hate? Is it dreadful? Is it, um, you know, oppressive? Or is it joyful, uh, you know, um, passion? Like, what is it that, what are the words that come up? So when you think about culture, you can boil it down to just that. When you walk into a place, when you walk into your home with your family, what, what are the three words you would describe your mm -hmm. family as in that environment? Then we have to have a professional culture. We can't forget about that, too. And that's a little more technical, I guess, in some ways. And it's kind of like building a, a team at a business again. Mm -hmm. It's more sort of that skill set. How do we talk with each other? Um, how do we solve problems? Mm -hmm. How do we work as a team? What are our shared norms? Like, when, when we come together, what do we agree to? Like, we're going to... We're going to be open-minded. Um, we're going to try to understand first before we start talking and, and judging. Like sort of what are we going to hold ourselves accountable mm -hmm. to as a team so that we can be like effective and efficient. So all of these things I think we need to kind of zero in on because we've lost some of it in the last year and a half. This idea of culture, is it's been a tough, tough go for businesses and for schools. Mm -hmm. We're like sort of side by side because it's forced us to focus on other things, mm -hmm. right? We had, you know... How many employees have you lost due to mm -hmm. this pandemic that you really wanted to hold on to? Mm -hmm. And, you know, think about what they've lost in terms of training and experience and think about what they could have contributed to your business or to your school system if they were at work or if they were in school. But they're not. So you lose that piece that mm -hmm. made you a better you know, business owner or a better principal or a better teacher because they're not there to contribute. So that's really the first focus is climate and culture. And I think the school board would support that because as a school board, we also have to work on that as well. I think the second thing, too, is building partnerships with the community, with all of these stakeholders like businesses and parents and kids and other people that are interested, mm -hmm. right, and other entities that are interested in, in helping us be better. And I think we have to be intentional with that work. You know, we can't shy away from things like a podcast because we're afraid we're going to get cornered or we might put our foot in our mouth or whatever. And we have to do things like this that are intentional. Otherwise, it's just a word that we talk about, but it never really, like, transfers to, like, an action plan. Like, we, we went right from, hello, how are you? I'm Peter Weaver 
to, um, this is DJ, he's setting up the equipment, and I'm kind of the ideas person, to, oh, um, how about the superintendent cooking? Oh, yeah, I have experience that. Oh, how about a scholarship for kids that are interested in hospitality management, right? Or restaurant management. It was like boom, 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 boom. And we went from a simple hello to how does it make an impact on kids, yeah. right? And that's the partnership that I'm talking about. And this is just one little tiny conversation in the universe. Right. Imagine it's just we, us. I mean, we're just community members. And at the end of the day, I mean, sure, I might be holding an elected position in the town and I'm, I'm connected with the goings on of the town, you know, from the municipal side. But from the school side, I mean, I, I have a big gap in my, my knowledge. So yeah. I think I should probably change that. And I mean, to be honest with you, like I said earlier, if I were in high school and I got a chance to interact with you, you would have been the guy I spoke about. And, and now you're motivating me to want to help the school just in this discussion. So, I mean, good on you. Yeah. I think that you're going to do great here. And I, I really believe that you've shown yourself to be an asset, you know, to to this area already. Uh, so good I on agree. you. I, agree. Yeah, I think you just want me to work that line. <laughs> um, you know, pro bono, man, yeah. like a good eight hour shift on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, and you can t- go to the beach while the weather is still warm. This is the time of the broadcast before the checks are signed. Guests that we have invited to sit in front of our microphone where we ask a very serious question. What is your favorite pen? Pen to write with? Mm-hmm. It's got to be like a very fine pen. It's really strange, but the the line's got to be like as thin as possible for some reason. I don't so underst- very fine. I don't understand that yeah. because I, I don't understand like how I've been drawn to a very fine like point zero 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 millimeter. You know? <laughs> yeah, ours point is a pl- scratchy. See, so now we're getting into the nuance of it. Those like, are too see, scratchy. For ours, me. ours. Is, this isn't this isn't my favorite, yeah. but but we have we have a Pentel yeah. gel tip. Point yeah. three needle. But it's a medium. Tip. It's a medium. Uh, no, not medium. What no. is yours? Needle. Point You're three. Ne- so, so you guys are in the yeah. same oh, yeah. field yeah. then, because I'm but, a medium. I, I like it to be a uh, thicker but, line. No, I like but, it really fine. But Mr. Weaver, since this is back to school time, and as the mother of three children, that was one of our very favorite things to, was to go sh- school shopping. Rather than donating a pen to you, I am going to donate these twistable colored pencils for you to hold at your desk and get creative. You're going oh. to love these. You're going to make me cry here. Do these have an odor? Like, do they smell like strawberries no. and cherries? No, no, no. Oh. they are I'm, not. They are not that. Well, I won't say that I'm disappointed, but I, I'll look forward to the next donation that you give me that actually has a strawberry. And- <laughs> so it has been an honor to have you. At yeah, our we really appreciate the time. I, I think it's been great. I'm going to look forward to working with you on our discussion about the scholarships and how my business can help this school district. Outside of that, you know, I think that any of our listeners who has any specific questions for uh, Peter should definitely reach out to him. He's mm-hmm. been very responsive to our emails, coordinating this meetup for recording today. Seemed to be somebody who is very approachable and down to earth. And that just reminds me of a thought that I had is that, you know, at the end of the day, everybody involved in this is all real people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a real pizza owner. She's just a nurse. You're just a, a pizza guy that got an education and then went on to teach kids. You know, we, we, we sit, we 
seem to sit back and hold people at a, at a higher standard when we forget they're just people, you know, all the way from the president down to Congress, down to local police officers and chiefs to superintendents of schools. We're all real people. And when you get quality people in front of you that have good things to say and have great intentions and a fire in, your, in their belly like you discussed, I think you have a recipe for success. So thank you for being that guy for this district. Thank you so much for coming on our, our podcast today. This is Before the Checks Are Signed. I'm DJ. This I'm is Deb. Deb. But what do we always say? Peter Weaver. We never use any tax dollars to produce this. This is just done <laughs> out of our own time. Peter might be on the clock, but it's okay because he's, he's, he's a good guy, and, and this is job well done for all of us. <laughs> okay. So uh, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it, and we hope to talk to you again real soon, okay? Uh, absolutely. Bye-bye. That was fun.